0: What up, guys? Coach Jimmy here today. Tech talk with Taylor and Bam. Ryan! We wanted to talk to you guys today about uh, knowing your worth. Uh, growth the gym growth and how how big it's gotten and the most important thing is showing up um i wanted to talk about showing up and like the importance of knowing your worth and being able to recognize others worth so first and foremost i want to say uh gym growth taylor you are responsible for our numbers And do you know the numbers off the top of your head right now? Put her on the spot.
1: Roughly. We have roughly 55 kids and about 30 adults.
0: So we have more kids now than we do adults. We do.
1: Yeah. We're at about 85 uh, members.
0: Nice. And that's not inflated numbers. Like, that's our recovery numbers from COVID. We went, we got... Yeah, we, we got down to twenty four members during COVID and now we're back to eighty five, so
1: Yeah. It's been a long journey, but it felt good in the gym today. Um, everyone was here. The crowds are starting to come again, like the parents watching their kids and it's just starting to feel feel like it did two years ago. So nice.
0: What do you think about the kids' classes and how much how big they've gotten, bam? It's uh
2: They are definitely growing. It's a... I like it. It's a good problem to have, but it makes it difficult sometimes to make sure I spend time with each kid and with each group of kids when they're drilling. So I try to walk around. I'm I'm glad I got junior coaches. Let's just say that. Because I feel sometimes I don't get to spend as much time with a pair
0: As what they need That makes sense That's a good problem to have It it is a good problem to have At some point you're going to have to Trust the the coaches and the people That are with you And a good rule of thumb uh, For me Even in our adult class we had had Like 16 people on the mat tonight Uh, The first break I will Pick like, when they, everybody starts drilling, I'll pick, like, the three people on this side or the three groups on this side or the four on this side. I'll go through and answer any questions or help them. Then I'll circle everybody up. I will show, like, an extra step or just reiterate some of the stuff that people are missing. Right, and that's what I did today. And then I go, when I put everybody back in their group, I will go to the other group. Right. And then clean up. And I just try to make my rounds that way. Obviously, you're not going to be able to get to everybody. But <clears throat> going from a really, really big gym back down to not having a big gym and now getting back to growing, and it's not where I want it by any long shot. It means I want to double the numbers that we have. Double. That's what I want to do. I want to double them. And um, I want the systems in place so that that happens. But she added 28 people last month, which was the only number I was actually asking her. It's like, how many people did you add last month? 20, 28 people last month. And I don't know how many people we've added this month. But that's the number that I was looking for. Is that me? That's, it's on you now.
2: Okay. Let's say, I don't know. You was about to say
0: something, I interrupted you.
2: No, I was going to say uh, what you were saying about uh, making your rounds during the break and then making rounds to the other ones. I did that today. It's just sometimes we have it kind of separated with uh, age groups. And Tuesday, Thursday, the kids, some of the smaller kids, and they just need that extra attention because they don't pick up, a lot of them don't pick up as quickly. Or hitting the some of the important details that you, the ones that you want them to learn. Like they, like if you're teaching them a move, if they can remember just this one detail, that's a win. But like it's getting them to know that one detail. Like the series we're doing now with the uh, head control standing, get all your takedown entries. I need them to understand. Like, don't keep your hips away. Push on the head. If they do that. I see that as a win. Push on the head. Keep your hips away. And it's just getting some of the smaller kids to understand that. They don't have to like, be right up against them and
0: hugging them. I gotcha. Have you been helping with the kids doing that stuff and stuff?
1: Not much. Just when the junior coaches aren't here. Because usually I'm there talking to parents or helping this parent with that or getting this ticket for this person or whatever it is. So. But
2: when the junior coaches – because, you know – Teenagers, they have a life, too, or something going on, like a church or something like that. Uh, vacation, especially being in the summer. I will say Taylor's always right there if I'm running low with junior coaches or they all three happen to have something going on. She's always right there to jump in and help out.
0: I'm actually uh, in the process of trying to figure out what we're going to do in Perry. Um, I haven't sat with Steven and talked to him at, at all about uh, my time or or anything like that, but I think it's to a point to where uh, there's an understanding. There's a base there now. Like they they do the same thing every day. There's a core group of kids that do the same thing every day. So now they sprinkling in some jujitsu and getting that type of stuff. Like we just worked on breakfalls all week last week. That was it. That's all the. That's all we got. Um, the kids are so new that we're not getting very far. Some of the kids that are rock stars that could learn, they're still learning the small details of, of um, they're still learning the small details of, like, break falls. And they, they pick up more than the other kids because I throw in little nuggets of, like, yeah, this is where you want to knee tap or this is where you want to, you know, with the wheels on, so to speak, for the throws and stuff.
2: So, for their weekly competitions, is it more situational, live situational stuff, or do you sprinkle in full-on matches too? My
0: favorite thing in the world, period, is, uh, and this is just fun for me, I want to do it here, it's uh, uh, sumo. The kids just get in a shoving match and try to shove it. We take their belts and just lay them in a circle. You and do that
2: as the weekly comp,
0: and not like a game during the week. I do it during a game and as a comp. It's a game during the week, and then it's competition on Wednesday. But Wednesday is for the belt. The rest of the week is just for bragging rights or to practice. But it teaches you push pull, which I think a lot of martial arts, most martial arts, are based off of push pull. So, what better way to learn push pull than hey, I have to stay inside this small circle of belts and uh, not get shoved out, you know? So, push into somebody, they push you hard, you turn and sling them out of the circle, whatever. Right. Man, these kids are so new to this and they have not, they don't understand that give and go yet. So, that is a fundamental understanding of all martial arts. Push, pull, push, pull. You know, for every action, there's a reaction, an equal or opposite reaction, right? So when I push on you, you know, you're going to either push back, or if I push on you and you pull away, now I'm just pushing nothing. because. So learning to use that, to use their momentum to launch their ass to throw them or to push or push on them and then get a reaction that you want, that's martial arts anyway I'm not a no, uh, super deep person or whatever but I think that that's one of the fundamental things that you need to be good at martial arts and if we teach that to them early the rest of the stuff should kind of rest of the setups should kind of come it should kind of come to them and I think it's gonna make it easier to teach them concepts versus moves. Um, I've been here August 22nd will be six years that this school has been open and <clears throat> I have been teaching jiu-jitsu here at this location for six years and then some of the kids that transitioned to the adult class did not have an understanding of push-pull some of them had a very good understanding of push-pull but no finesse so for me I want to balance that more. Um, And it's through trial and error, right? Um, I've coached kids before. My kids are really good, but I want them to have the fundamentals so ingrained in them that even when they're not doing something right, they can still make it work for them, I suppose. But uh, anyway, I got into a long, drawn-out thing to say, hey, we do push-pull. They did submission only a couple of times, but the, those kids don't really know any submissions because I haven't taken the time to teach it to them. So usually that ends up with rear naked chokes. Um, it's funny like they grab the head and kids will wrestle out, but you get on somebody's back, they tap, and uh, without them even knowing what, exactly how to finish and stuff. So it's really cool watching them grow. But we've been working on break falling. For the last two weeks, uh, working on putting the wheels on for their judo throws, and working on uh, them understanding push pull.
2: Right. So you going to bring the crash pad back uh, soon? Yeah. I'm doing. Uh, I've been. I started uh, last week setups for takedowns, and actually started takedowns this week. It's still gonna be a couple weeks before I get into throws. I'm doing some single leg series stuff right now. I was just gauging, you know, crash pad because I'm not going to do a throw until I'm going to do the crash pad, the fun, you know, jumping on it, break fall, and then do some throws onto it.
0: Yeah, nice. That's what we've been doing over there.
2: Yeah, I'll bring it back. Um, it's prob- going to be. I don't. I won't need it for a couple weeks.
0: Well, we, we're actually not. They're not going to be open next week. So unless I make a special trip down there, it won't won't yeah. be next week because uh, no, kind of- they're closed for the whole fourth.
2: Well, like yesterday and today, I just started from uh, head control entry into getting the single leg. Driving in, getting distributing the weight and picking up the leg and making it a So they just started collecting the leg. So I won't start takedown down with a single leg. I, I hit on it yesterday and today but we won't really fully get into it until next week so plenty of time. Uh, no
0: rush. Gotcha. Are you enjoying being a coach?
2: Oh yeah. I, I really do enjoy it and I feel like, like these are my kids. So when I see him do something that I've taught him, like, it's amazing. Like, I get really excited. Uh, On the flip side, when you said something repeatedly, repeatedly, and you still see the same kid making the same mistake, it it makes you want to pull your hair out. But the wins outweigh the bad easily.
0: Uh, yeah like, I, I understand 100%. And, and I say
2: I think I've always been like a kind of like a teacher like just even outside the gym like I was a scout leader once I've been a trainer for a few people at the job that I have like I've always been comfortable showing people things so I, once I got you gave me a good base and built the kids program up I just kind of Moved me into it, and I, I feel like I have the right temperament for it.
0: Yeah, your, your your temperament is way, way, way more suitable for kids than mine was. Um, I feel like I I'm a am fun and I'm authoritative. I feel like I command the room with kids a little bit, but um, I also have a like. I'm a, I have that stern look like it terrifies kids sometimes. Like, I'm not mean or nothing like that, but I just I feel like you're more understanding than I am in a lot of situations. Uh, I asked you, like, coaching questions because Taylor and I was talking earlier about it, and I was thinking that maybe he's the one to ask the question that you was asking me more so than me because I've been since I was a small kid. What's the question?
1: Um, it was just something along the lines of what did something happen or, like, what made you want to be a coach?
2: So I think we actually talked hit on that a little bit on another one of our podcasts. But so I had no intention of ever being a coach. I just kind of fell into it. So when I first started training jiu-jitsu and getting the base knowledge, I was still a white belt. Uh, this was pre-COVID. And Jimmy had already, like, programs getting bigger. He needed help, and he just, uh, I don't know. I think he just wanted to hand it off to me. But he, what he told me was uh, he needed some help with his, you know, extra hands and someone else, you know, other people training, some of the other adults that trained, and not just some random parent helping, you know. And he's like, explain it to the kids, because my big drawback was I don't want to tell them something wrong. Right. I, I don't want to mess them up. He's like, well, I'll be there. And you had the knowledge, and it will make you understand the move more, explaining the details to them. So then it just became part of my routine, show up, help Jimmy. I was his uh, dummy. he throw me around to show the kids what to do. Uh, then it got to be where I got my blue belt, and uh, days that he would miss, I would just fill in. I think it was me and Corey. You had started kind of phasing out, or missed a couple of days, and me and Corey had started teaching some classes. And then it seemed like a natural transition after you reopened. I want to say, like people ask me how long I've been coaching, I feel like you fully gave me the kids program when we reopened from COVID. Like, 100%. You, like you like, here, this is yours. Take it, or like, you, do you want it? I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. Sure. And I just, let's say, I enjoy the the wins with it and the teaching, sharing my knowledge. And, like, I don't ever see myself as, like, a, a world beater, like, winning high-level competition. But I feel like I understand it and have a good base knowledge. So those that can't do teaching, I feel like hey, like, hey, I can show you what to do. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's do this. So, and... Um, teaching kids is a whole lot easier than teaching adults i will say that really yes so a couple reasons it's easier adults understand easier so you can just tell them like do this and they'll do it uh it's the questions like kids they're gonna you tell them a move do this they're gonna do that move Mm -hmm. you can with adults it's so easy to go down a rabbit hole uh, you can see Jimmy's face. I do it all the time in adult class now. Like his face is like, Goddamn. Okay, shut, man, up. shut yeah. up!" Like, no, 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 no. Why would you ask that? Like, I could see it in his look. <laughs> that so, makes
1: sense. The questions are so like with kids,
2: you don't get that rabbit hole question. It's uh. So the teaching the moves easier with kids because you don't go down a rabbit hole, but then trying to instill the respect and the authoritativeness and discipline, carrying yourself with confidence, because you're not just teaching them jiu-jitsu. We had the Bulletproof Program. I'm trying to like, lead them down a good path. Yeah. That's the harder part. I don't worry about that with the adults. You're, I'm just here to teach you jiu-jitsu. I'm not trying to do all that extra stuff to lead you. You're an adult. You like What you do outside the gym, that's on you. But the kids... This is a huge part of their life. You know, besides home and school, it's at the gym. Right. So I feel there's more responsibility with that. And like I said already, my temperament, I'm, I'll take that responsibility. I'll carry the load. Like, I feel fine doing that. So awesome. Didn't plan on it, but kind of fell into it. Got a good base knowledge, and I feel comfortable with it now.
0: But spread the love. Spread the love. <laughs> Where did, where did that question derive from? Uh,
1: like, uh, yeah,
2: are you having issues uh, since you started with the women's class?
1: Not at all. Not at all. And I enjoy it. And this week has been, I don't know. And I feel like when I say this, I sound like a crazy person. But you ever feel like there's something that you're supposed to do, but you don't really know what it is, but it's kind of weighing on you? Like there's a problem sitting in front of you, but you don't know how to solve it? yes. And it's not necessarily your problem to solve, but it's like, hey, I want to help. I want to do something with this. Yep. And this week has made me feel that way. Like, I've had um, women that are, you know, struggling with home lives in my women's class. I had a parent today struggling from domestic violence. I had a friend get killed from domestic violence this week. Like, it's one of those things that's kind of reoccurred this week and i've just been kind of thinking of different different things like what to do how do you help this community and i am doing a women's only class but then it's like okay that still doesn't really help them unless they're here so then i was like well what if we did like a sponsorship or a scholarship or something for a year for a woman to come in and train or i don't know i'm just thinking of different things and then it's like well do is that even what i should do Am I just feeling emotional and I'm thinking I should save the world now? Like, it's just... So I'm asking people who feel like they have callings how it felt.
2: Okay. Uh, So my thoughts on that. Uh, You're... You can't fix every problem. Right. And you can't help everyone. The fact that you are even teaching a women's only class, I feel like you're doing your part. Like, the fact that you just offer this and are there... And teaching them one showing up, like you're doing your part because you can't you don't wanna you can't stretch yourself too thin and it's not your job to fix someone's home life. You can be a shoulder for someone to cry on, an ear for someone to bend, listen to their problems. Cause you are when you're in that coaching position, you are in that mentor role, mentor mentee role. So you can listen to them and give advice if they ask for it, but it's not something for you to actively Seek out. Right. You, that makes sense?
1: Yeah, you can't fix things.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, you're doing yeah. your part by just offering it and being there. And you want to do extra, like, just keep advertising, build it up. Because, like you said, this week you had the most women in your class since you started it. And It's, it's a win. That's a win. And, like, just sharing your knowledge. Because I feel like with your teaching, you're where I was, I know how it feels like. Sometimes you're teaching a move, or you're not sure about something, or how to explain something. It, not everyone can teach, but I know you can because I've seen you teach. But it's also the same thing when you're learning mat time. You need that mat time as an instructor, and the more you do it, it'll it'll flow more easily. Because there's some days I show up with no game plan. All right, guys, what y'all want to see? Yeah. I just what, what are we doing today? Like yeah, I don't even know. Normal. You tell me what you want to see. I <laughs> mean. <laughs> Now we'll when throw
1: I something together
2: yeah like when I first started, there's no way in hell I don't do that I'd know what I was teaching a week before
1: that's and neat. I would be
2: drilling it on mm-hmm. the side to make sure I knew it mm-hmm. so but like circling back like you like a hammer Every, if you have a hammer everything you see is a nail you want to fix it you you're doing your part I mean I say you can't fix everything Just just being there for them I mean that's a win. What do you
0: think? So <clears throat> I feel I, I agree with you that she can't fix everything. Mm-hmm. But in everything that she said and what I heard What are you what are you thinking your calling is? It sounds like just being a coach is not you don't feel like you're doing enough. To me, if just hearing the way she's worded things and the way she said She almost to me sounded like her just coaching these women inside the school wasn't enough for her or it's not fulfilling enough that she feels like she should do more. So that's that's the first thing that I would say. Second thing I would say is that you are 100 percent a counselor, a medic, a uh, you're a counselor, a friend, a medic, therapist, a therapist, all these things when you become a coach. And you don't realize it until you're actually a coach. And um, that was one of the hardest things for me getting used to. I just wanted to train killers. I just wanted to train people to to be able to hurt people.
2: And that was like the first two years you were open, it was more private, and you were just straight MMA.
0: Yeah. I, well, it wasn't straight MMA, and it was only a year. I opened a year. to a public one year after, um, after I got the place. But i still learning curve, curve after that. Oh, dude. For two years after I opened to the public, I had to learn how to tell people, stop being a bitch. Like, that would be my go-to. Like, if somebody was like, oh, you know, you hurt my toe or whatever, like, stop being a bitch. Like, that's... You do that with kids, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, I wouldn't cuss... Excuse me, I got hiccups. I wouldn't cuss at a kid. Like that. But that's what, how I felt. Yeah. Like, hey, stop being a punk. If a kid come up to me and they were crying about whatever, I'd be like, where's it hurt? And if they showed me their hand, which I'm just pretending, they showed me their left hand, I'd grab their right hand. Give me that. It looks normal to me. They'll say, no, my other one. I'm like, grab the other hand, the not the hurt one, the, the other one again. Grab it. You said it was this one. No, it's this one. I'm like, well, why, why are you not crying now? Not hurt anymore? Get on the mat. Like, <laughs> that was my way to handle it. And it was, like, basically my way of telling them to toughen up without saying, hey, toughen up. And But I absolutely enjoy being a problem solver. I pride myself on being a problem solver. Every single place that I've ever worked, every job, everything even in my relationships, I have to solve the problem and my love language is getting the the like the the feeling that I get from solving the problem or when I teach you a move and you do the move. That is my love language. Like when I see you do something that I taught you that makes me feel really good. When I teach someone something that they can use in their, their everyday life. Like uh, I helped one of our kids learn how to use a skill saw last summer. Like he's going to know that skill and have that skill forever. And that's fulfilling to me. Right. I am a giver to people with my skills. And I'm, I can do anything with my hands. I built this room that we're sitting in. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I know how to kill people with my hands I know how to build things with my hands I know how to like destroy and build together and I'm good at both of those things and that my calling is to share that knowledge and to help people feel good about what they're capable of doing and when I see their success it makes me feel successful so my question or my my thought process behind all that I said all that to, to get back to Number one, I feel like she don't maybe just coaching one day enough. She don't feel like it's enough or or she don't feel like she's doing enough. Number two, like what it is, what is it that you're actually looking to gain for yourself? Like what are you wanting to do? Um, And then three, like I think that you see a lot of places that you've been in these other women and then you want to be the light to help them get out, which is the sole reason that I got into teaching kids to begin with because I wanted to be the light for other kids in the where I grew up all the kids there was 21 of us kids in black bottom there's 21 all of them to this day are drug addicts in in and out of prison uh some of them been killed um I was the youngest one other than my two cousins and my baby brother was the youngest one. But everyone under me that was older than me, I was the role model for them to be able to see to get out of that lifestyle. And I pride myself on that. They might would disagree, I don't know. But I do know that I changed the the way things were perceived in our area because I made it out. And then... Three other people behind me made it out. Three, three people that looked up to me made it out. And uh, I, f- I take pride in that because and that feeling is what made me want to be a kids coach. It made me want to be here with everyone. And like even adults. I have people message me every single day when, and they have problems. And I don't always try to solve them. Sometimes people just need you to listen. But sometimes I'll go, hey, why don't, you, why don't you do this? If you want the real answer, I used to just give it to people hard. Like, hey, you know, uh, people would tell me they want to lose weight. Go lose weight. Eat better. Make better choices. Get on a track. Walk. Choose. I want to go to school, but we'll get rid of the butt. And now I listen to people. And I find out whether or not I listen, whether or not they actually want my solution or if they just need me to listen. And now and then I make my judgment from that. So ask that question to you. What are you looking for? Do you want to help them or do you want to continue the path that you want? Do you want to do more here for them? Well, I think uh-huh. that's why she posed the question
2: to begin with, because she's not sure. It's like you said, like, listening to you now, like, I stick by what I said, but I also understand if there is a hole and you need more fulfillment. Piggybacking on what Jimmy said. I don't want to, i I draw it down a couple notes because I don't want to throw too much at you. I was going to let you answer Jimmy's question. Uh... uh uh, it, it, what my question, it was just a little bit more on the nose, I feel like, just piggybacking on what he already asked you. Because uh, you mentioned it a couple times. I don't know if you realized it, and I do. I don't want to open it up to where, like, if you didn't feel comfortable talking about some of your background. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you said it a couple times. Uh, some of the women that you work with, like domestic violence, Uh, If that's something that might be a calling for you, maybe starting a charity or a non-profit, like you said, like a scholarship, but like a non-profit or a charity or something like that, because I feel like getting more to the bottom of it, I think that part of it is speaking to you. Am I wrong?
1: I don't know. Just to be completely honest, it's just kind of, which it's something that I've kind of, wrestled around with since college. Um, It was actually a business plan that I did in one of my entrepreneurship classes as a group, but um, to do a nonprofit for women and children. But, and I don't know that it's, I don't know. I don't know is the short answer. I don't know that it's that I want to do more than what I'm doing now or just reach more people because, I don't know. I guess I just feel like there's so much need out there and the only people that actually make it in here are the people that have the time or they have the funds or they have a vehicle to get them here or whatever it may be. It's not I feel like it doesn't reach the people really in the belly of it, if right. that makes any sense. It does, yes. And but then it's like, Well, what do you what do you do? Like there's nothing
2: you help the ones you can. Yeah. It goes. It's an old story. I've heard it a couple times. I heard it when I was a scout leader. I heard it recently. I can't remember where I heard it at. I don't know if it was at our at the seminar we just went to or somewhere else. But it's a it's a it's a story. A uh, this kid is walking down the beach and it's low tide. Oh yeah yeah. And uh, he's picking up starfish and flinging them into the ocean, just one at a time. And this old man comes by and asks him, "Like, what are you doing?" He Goes, "Well, it's low tide. These starfish are stranded. They're gonna die before the water comes back in." So I'm throwing about in an ocean. He goes, "Look at where you're going. There, there's miles of beach. You can't, you can't throw all these starfish back. Like, why does it matter?" Little kid looked at old man, bent down, picked up another starfish, and flung it, and was like, it mattered that one right there. He's just getting the ones that he can. So, the same, like, you help the ones that you can, one at a time. Uh, it, it matters to that one.
1: That's true. That's a good way to look at it. I don't know. It's just been one of those things. <clears throat> like, this week, I just feel so surrounded by it. Like, okay, all right, God, I see you. You're putting this in front of me. What do you want from me? Like, what do I do? Um... But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe so, still think yeah. on
2: it and pray on it. You know, just so here's anyway. an
0: idea, and it's just something that I'm thinking. Of. It's not anything that you have to act on or change or anything like that. But uh, one of our points today was knowing your worth, and um, maybe you should start your own channel. We have all of the stuff. We have a whole podcast room. We have a, a stream room reaching out and talking to people about that and about knowing their own worth and appreciating themselves. Because, uh, short story, uh, to put it in perspective, my dad, he paints houses. Right, Every single time he does a job, he underbids it. He don't make any money. He makes just enough money to get him through to the next week To be able to do another job. You know what I'm saying? He underbids it. Because he don't value. His work. Because to him it's easy. Like painting the rooms and stuff. Painting the. He is a professional painter. He's really good. But. To him. It's easy. So it's not very valuable. Because. Hey, well, if I, if I tell them too high a price, they'll just go buy the paint and paint it themselves. That's how he looks at it. And I said, well, if they're going to do that, then let them paint it themselves. You only want the people that are willing to pay you to solve their problem. And sounds a little bit cold-hearted whatever because he's like, no, I want the work. They need their the room painted, whatever. I'm like, no, listen to me you're at a point in your life to where what you do is very valuable. The reason you don't value it, the reason you don't know your own worth is because you're in a circle of people. And in this circle, you probably have 10 other painters that are very skilled painters. So to you, it looks like there is a lot of people in the world that can do what you do. In our world, We are around people who do jiu-jitsu. So, I don't feel like I'm very good at jiu-jitsu. In my heart of hearts, I feel like I'm good. But in the grand scheme of all of my friends and all the people that I know, I'm not anywhere near the best in my circle. So, therefore, I'm not very good. So, my worth in that area... Is really low. Not right now, I'm just using this as an example. But so my worth is very low because I'm looking at all of these people in my circle that are really freaking good at jujitsu. Well, my dad's looking at all these painters and he's going, man, anybody could do this. I need to charge a fair price, a decent price. But here's the truth I have a brown belt under, uh, Laborio, Wade Rome, Cameron Neville. Then I have a 10th planet brown belt under Eddie Bravo, Richie Martinez, Stephen Aiken. And how many people in the world can say that they have a brown belt under these people? How many people in the world can do what I do on the map realistically? like .03 realistically out of the whole world. How many people can really paint a room professionally and do the lines straight and do it in a timely manner without making a huge mess and without having runs on the wall? Not very many. Maybe more than jujitsu, probably significantly more, but not that many. So... I said that long story to say about knowing your worth It's like when I look at all my friends, I don't feel valuable. But when I look at the world outside of my friends, I feel extremely valuable and I am extremely valuable. Sometimes people's perspective needs to be changed so that they start seeing their own worth and people will not see their worth if they keep looking through the same lenses maybe your lens can change the way they see themselves and the people around them and see their own worth. Because I know if I look at it through a lens of an MMA fighter around the rooms that I've been in, I'm not going to feel very good about myself. But if I look at what I've accomplished and where I've came from with my background to where I am now, I'm a million light years, trillion light years ahead of where I started. And no, I'm only ever going to go up. I'll never be broke again. I'll never be broke again. Like, yeah, I may have to budget my money or something to get something that I want. But I will never go a whole day without eating. I will never go a day where all I had was a mayonnaise on bread sandwich. I'll never have to drink water straight out of a faucet if I don't want to ever again. Hopefully. Like with the skills that I possess and the knowledge that I have about marketing and all that stuff. I unless there's some kind of dang war or something like that, I will never have to do that again. And looking at it that way, I'm very, very special and I and I'm very, very valuable. And when you look at it that way, you're you are one of my only purple belts ever. You know? There's three of y'all. That's it. So and you're valuable. Know your worth. And then figure out what it is that, that you want to share with the world and share it. Figure out what your calling is and share that. Mine's to be a coach. Mine's to talk to people. Be real with them. Some people want to hear me. They listen to what I have to say. And they want me to... to they, they they ask me, and I give them the best answer, the most straightforward answer. Sometimes it hurts, but that's who I am. Some people love that. Some people hate it. Some people don't like hearing the truth, and they, they run from it. But that's, that's why I'm not for everybody, and I know I'm not for everybody. But I do know that I, I put forth my best effort to be the best person I can be for everyone around me. That's what brings me joy. So... Whatever it is that you are wanting to do, or what you're feeling you need to do, you should run for it, because that might be what you need to do. Mine was open this gym. Mine's to start the online university and do these channels and these talks so that more people can get influenced by me. That's why I do this stuff. I don't do this stuff because it's super fun. It's a hobby to me, but I do it because I want to reach the people that were like me to better their lives so that they know they can do better. That's what I'm in the business of is changing people's lives and helping them find their purposes. I don't think Bam Bam would have ever coached a kid's class, but he's one of the best at it. I guarantee you, you could go to any gym, anywhere, and get a job coaching. Guarantee it, because he's good. And I've seen that. And I didn't trick you into <laughs> doing the kid's class, Um I truly believe if you teach it, if you help teach it, if you come in and other classes and stuff and and do that, if you help with the kids' class, you're definitely going to get a lot better than the adult because adults tend to overlook the fundamentals. If you notice when we teach a class, I'll say, hey, here's where we're stopping. Here's where we're going. I'll show them where we're going, but here's where we're stopping. Let's just get here. No one ever stops everybody just tries to go through the whole thing like oh I'm better I'm special I can do it all nobody ever gets there and says this is where I'm going today I just need to learn how to get here so today
2: I will say this
0: you mentioned that
2: uh I fall into this trap I am guilty of it I'm like okay he says stop here we'll stop here and a lot of times I'll stop there I will but then I see some of the people that have been training a minute and, like, the blue belts, and, like, they're, they they are get to that point, and then they're trying everything, and, like, going down the rabbit hole. I'm like, well, shit. I know what they know. But I, let, me, let me try this, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm guilty of it. I am. I admit it. I'm like, well, they're trying it. I'm going to try it, too. He didn't tell them not to. Okay. So I, I'm fully guilty of that.
0: Well, it's not it's not. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but when you're in the kids' class well no in kids class yes I don't show the rest of it. this is step one this yep. is step two this is step three. show me step one two and three yes, kids class definitely and but that's what I'm saying that's the reason why if you come into the adult class from it come to the kids class to help from the adult class, you learn more you learn faster because you're understanding the small steps that you're skipping an adult class and that's why Dave's getting so good at 10th Planet Perry because he's helping them kids class he's understanding anyway I said a lot today I don't I don't like getting on here and getting on my soapbox I really do like hearing you guys' opinions and stuff but this is one of the areas that I've been focused on and it come up about knowing my own worth and not letting the people I know around me um Take advantage of me because I have a good heart, kind of heart. So, uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on what we said? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. If you don't want to say anything, you don't have to. But uh, I just kind of, I kind of wanted to say what I said because it matters. Being happy and finding your calling matters.
1: Yeah, it does. I don't know I'm piecing together my puzzle because like I said earlier you know the women's um outreach was something that I looked at five years ago and then I know how I was when I started jujitsu and it's the funniest story to me now and you might get mad at me for telling it but um looking back um when I first started me and you were talking face to face and we're just joking around, and you're, like, shadow boxing, like you always do, and just moving around and playing and joking, and you just tapped me on the face. And I just started crying. Like, you had just beat me up, and it just broke me because you hit me in my face. And I just started crying, and I did air quotes. The camera's on me. You didn't hit me. You, like, you touched my cheek.
0: The, uh... Spotify people and uh, Apple Music people cannot see your air quotes, ma'am. Well, there were just air quotes. the listeners.
1: Yeah. Well, there were air quotes because you just touched my cheek because we were just playing around, and
0: to put it in reference, <laughs> all I did was <laughs> go touch, 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 Why? touch, <laughs> pop, and I like, like, we listen, listen. Yeah, so yeah. You're doing the
2: motion, but they can't see you,
0: sir. They can hear
2: it. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's true. That's all that happened. But to see that person then who couldn't deal with even being touched in the face without just falling apart to where I am now, like I know that that was because of this place. It was because of jiu-jitsu. It was because of, you know, this sport. And I, And I know that if more people have the opportunity – Because it didn't just affect me in that way, like, it helped me grow and learn who I was and know my worth and stand up for myself and all these other great characteristics that every woman or child that has ever been in that situation needs help learning. They need those things. And so for me, I'm like, just everyone come. Just, Just come here. Come here to me. But it doesn't work. Just let help, me love you.
0: Help me help you. Yeah. So,
1: I don't know. We'll see what happens.
0: Gotcha. Just for the reference, she, now she's the type of person that'll just shove you down in the shower.
1: <laughs> I've never shoved you down in the shower.
2: Again, they can't see your face, sir. <laughs> like, you making a look.
0: Yeah, I was just playing. Uh no no it it's changed my life. BJJ has 100% MMA then BJJ it's been the vehicle that I've used to get and um and to, like get people to understand the value of what they do and what they're spending their time doing and every single day every choice that you make is building the life of your future. And I say that a lot and some people just don't understand it but if I choose to eat five pizzas today, then <laughs> I'm going to pay for that. You know, uh, I'm going to pay brown. for it.
1: Actually, as he said that, my belly said it wrong. Oh, no, I
2: just, I, I was thinking of something.
0: <laughs> what was she thinking about?
2: Uh, something I actually posted on my Instagram today. Like, sometimes I think I need supervision because I'll get the urge or thought. Like, I'm very impressionable. And. I'm an adult. No one, no one tells me I can't do something, so I'll do something stupid, like
0: run two miles barefoot.
2: I did today. <laughs> that's, just, that's just one example. Like, no one told me I couldn't, so like, okay, for reference, uh, the two miles barefoot thing. Like, I'm reading a book, and it's it's a book they talk a lot about running ultra marathons stuff like that, but they talk about like uh, some of the research and your, the way your foot's made and how it should spread out. And there wasn't a problem with running until shoes were made for running. So, like, a solution was made for a problem that wasn't a problem until the shoes were made, if that makes sense. Like chicken or the egg, which came first. Kind of like that. Yeah. So, and then there's these native tribes that run in freaking, like, thin little sole sandals, some barefoot, some flip-flops, and I'm like, They run over, like, mountainous terrain. I can run down a dirt road barefoot. I want to see what it feels like. How would that turn out? It actually turned out pretty well. Like, Mm -hmm. I ran two miles and felt great. I may actually start running down my dirt road barefoot from now on, so don't y'all be throwing bottles out on my dirt road. (laughs) And I'll just have to see how it goes when winter gets here because I don't know if I want to do that during winter. But that's just one example. Like, people tell me I can't do something. I I got the urge one day, like, I don't have a pool. It's hot. I threw a tarp in the bed of my truck and filled it up with a water hose and sat in it.
0: Dude. A pool. Like, dude no one told me I couldn't. Hold on. Walmart makes these now. I've seen them. But what's the point? All you need is a tarp. Well, these ones... All oh, you need is <laughs> a tarp. Well, these ones hang over the edge and you blow them up? No. They, they, The ones I saw, it sits in the bed, inflatable in the bed. My tarp hangs over the edge. Well, the one I saw is It fits in a like a certain size truck, mm-hmm. The front there's a, like a balloon part that comes up so you it goes in front of the cab. The side parts, you blow them up and they hang over. But when you fill the water up, it raises it so it's like has a, another level of water on top of the edge of your truck, the bed of your truck. Do you know how cool that is? You got a four-foot-deep a four foot, tool, a four foot deep pool on the bed of your truck?
2: What about the suspension on your truck? I'm not trying to load it down with that much water plus my big butt sitting in there. And listen, if I'm doing this to begin with, I don't care how deep it is. I just want to go out there and chill and get in the pool. So I'm just lounging. Don't need a cup holder because the truck I use it has a toolbox. There's my radio. There's my drink.
0: I'm sitting no, I get it, dude. All I'm saying is... is uh, I'm just saying, I think I need I got airbags sometimes. on my truck, so... Supervision. Sometimes I think I need supervision. <laughs> sometimes I need some supervision.
1: Like,
0: who said it was okay for me to be an adult? <laughs> That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. <laughs> who said it was okay for us to adult?
1: And be in charge of other
0: people. Yeah. Like, you made me the kids coach, sir. I
2: wanna Sometimes I need supervision.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why Taylor's here.
2: I think that's why I'm I have the right temperament for a kids' coach because I'm just a grown kid. <laughs> like, I think the only reason I'm an adult is because I'm of age. That's it. I'm the right <laughs> age to be an adult, but I still think like a kid.
0: Me too. When you told me you scorpioned um, down the waterside, water I died. That jump was so funny. Yeah, no
2: one told me I couldn't. We waterside like 25 foot. Like it was one of the biggest inflatable watersides at that time. It was the biggest one I've ever been on. It was so big; it had like a drag strip that you go down to sew down before you hit the end of it. I wanted more speed, so I kicked off the back. Had done it once or twice. For that last time I did it, I kicked off too hard and I cleared like ten feet of the side and failed. And that's when I scorpioned.
0: <laughs>
2: so should I have someone there telling me,
0: "Calm do down, that. Bam Bam. Don't, don't
2: do that." That's when I needed supervision.
0: I think the adults that were supervising was probably drinking a little bit. I don't
2: think <laughs> any, We didn't have
0: any supervision. It- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the last bullet point I have here is the importance of showing up. Can't change your life if you're not making the habit of showing up.
2: What What is it, 22 days?
0: Uh, it's 21. 21 uh, if you do something for 21 days, it becomes habit, and then you'll have to do the opposite of that for 21 days to break the habit. Yep. So, but it
2: becomes a habit. Like my habit now is, I'm at the gym every afternoon. So, uh, last week when I couldn't train, I was miserable. It was breaking my habit of training. Yep. It's one thing when you take like a planned hiatus or vacation, but when it's forced upon you, which you know, mm-hmm. sir, yeah, like it is miserable. I just had one week. Uh, it's a little bit rougher for you.
0: Dude, I got, uh, so first of all, I'll tell you, right, I have an annular tear in my disc, in one of my discs in my lower back. And we're not sure what we're going to have to do about it yet. But I told uh, one of our uh, other adult members, I said, I have an annular tear. He, has, he said, you have an anal tear? <laughs> he was like, you need to quit doing your extracurricular activities, sir. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Can you only guess who said that? I can. Yep. 100%. That's who it was. It was so funny to me. I had to share it. Yeah. But, uh, I, I love Ron. Dude, he's one of my favorite people.
1: Evan's funny too. Evan just. Evan is funny.
0: Evan. He, he'll he'll
1: has, just get you. Like, you're not even expecting it's it. It's one he'll of those like
2: deadpan monotone. Mm. And the way he says it, like. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if he means to be. He just is. Yeah. Ryan means to be. He knows what he's saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, Evan's hilarious to me. Yes. So, so importance of uh, showing up. Guys, when I talk about my jiu-jitsu and how good I am stuff, I just outlasted everybody. I knew I wanted to be a coach. I just kept showing up. I kept putting in the work. I just knew that if I showed up one day, I would have enough knowledge that someone would want to learn from me. And um, it changed my life. It taught me how to be on time. It taught me how to, to, like manage a, a schedule. It, I knew every day. Like I, I don't plan stuff. I don't plan things out. I don't. Um, I don't go out of my way to like plan stuff with other people because I know I'll probably flake. I don't know how I'm going to feel that day mentally. So I don't like making plans. And I've never told anybody that. But every day I feel different. And uh, I don't know if it's from trauma or if I got some mental disorder or whatever. But every day I feel different. Some days I'm extremely happy. I feel good. Some days I feel extremely tired and worn and beaten. And... uh, that's why I don't like making plans. But one thing that I have always done is I told myself, no matter how I feel, I'm going to make it a training because if I don't make it there, the people that are there are going to get better and they're going to outrun me. And so it made me disciplined when I was not disciplined. It made me hold myself accountable even when I didn't feel like it. So it changed my life. And that's the importance of showing up because I wouldn't have any of the things that I have now without it. I wouldn't be able to have anything that I have now without the discipline that it taught me. Wouldn't be able to be where I am money-wise, family-wise, friend-wise without it. So uh, show up. Do what you say you're going to do and just make it a habit showing up every single day and you, whatever it is, school, uh, BJJ, whatever it is, whatever it is that you choose, show up because once you get there, you're going to do work.
2: Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, like, your goal is to be a better person than you were yesterday, no matter what it is, whether it's in better shape, More knowledge. Just be better than you were yesterday. And the way to do that is to keep showing up and keep pushing through and persisting. You trying for that degree, for a better job, keep showing up to class. Trying to get healthier, keep showing up to the gym. I mean, there's all kind of – just keep putting in the work and showing up and be better than you were yesterday.
0: You got anything to add on that, Taylor?
1: I don't think so. I think y'all pretty much covered it. Just sitting over here all in outer space.
2: Still – Thoughts still back on... Everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Just... Putting them puzzle pieces
0: together. Gotcha.
1: Hey, you post this on YouTube, right? Yeah. So, if anyone has any suggestions, leave comments.
0: Yeah. Like, subscribe, and leave comments. It helps the channel out. It helps us grow. We post this on YouTube. Uh, If you just want to listen to the... Just listen to it while you're in your car, or whatever. We're on Spotify and Apple Store, Apple Play, whatever that is. I don't do with Apple. What is it? What is it called? Man, Apple Music. We're on Apple Music.
2: Oh no, I, I have a podcast app. Right,
0: well, we're on Apple Music. I have up still and Spotify. So, yep, we're on Apple Music and Spotify. Like, subscribe but to all of them. Make us feel special. Uh, especially comment to us on YouTube. Ask us anything about jiu-jitsu, MMA, running our own school, being business owners, um, just getting better in general, because that's what we do here. Man, thank you guys so much for joining us and listening to us. It means a world to me that you guys actually value what we have to say. And um, thank y'all so much. Guys, that's Jimmy, Taylor, and Bam Bam.